Oh, sorry, Kentucky. <laughs> and uh, now we're gonna walk for roughly an hour to yeah. what's this called? Niboshiramenru. Uh, Niboshiramenru. Okay. Also, a little bit more in the north side of Tokyo. So we'll, we'll just go and uh, talk a little bit about what happened in 2020, and uh, I guess nobody's watching yet. <laughs> but uh, hmm? I'll, I'll put it up on the disc. Yeah, that would be great. So we're just gonna walk for like an hour and uh, talk a little bit about the goals we had in 2020, our let's say top three of 2020, and uh, goals that were interesting for us in 2020, as well as let's say the weirdest or uh, yeah, a little bit out there goals that we had. And, uh, we also want to talk about the bowls that we thought were a little bit overhyped. And of course, we're going to put up this stream uh, as a video for you guys so you can watch it whenever you like. I'll also put this up. If you just want to listen to it, you don't have to watch the whole thing. I'll also put it up as a podcast to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to distribute it through Anchor so you can get it on you know, Ample Podcasts or you know, Spotify or wherever. And uh, yeah, so you can access it from wherever you like. You don't actually have to watch us walk through the Japanese neighborhood yeah. <laughs> areas. So we're all gonna walk like, I think Japanese back streets here in the north of Tokyo. So if you, if you just like these kind of walking videos, I think that should be right up your alley. And, uh, but yeah, let's, let's start with, um, what's currently going on in Japan. Uh, I think that's always a question that people have with uh, yeah, the whole COVID situation. I think uh, just to get that out of the way, uh, we're currently having like a state of emergency here in Tokyo where everything has to close at like 8 p.m. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's relatively strictly followed. I recently walked for like two hours from Shinjuku to Shibuya-ish. And uh, on the way there, walking for two hours, I only saw like two, like no, three or four open restaurants and bars. So it's actually really strictly followed, even though it's not mandatory. Uh, you you know why they are all closing, right? They're getting yeah. money. Yeah, they. Um, I think if I recall correctly, they all get sixty thousand yen if they close up shop at eight o'clock. And then they also, um, they need to stop serving alcohol by 7. And yeah, I think they get like 60,000 yen per day, I think. This is like 500 bucks, 600 bucks. Yeah, to, as like an incentive to close. So, yeah, a lot of ramen shops that used to be like open for lunch and then close and then open back up for dinner. A lot of them are actually now just doing like a straight 11 to like 6. Sometimes don't stay open till eight. Sometimes you just don't give a shit, and then <laughs> they close um, the entire month that they'll be having this. But yeah, kind of makes it better for me, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm working from home anyway, so I'll just like sneak out for a run for lunch, and then regardless of what time I leave my house, I can feasibly get it as long as I'm there before like five or four o'clock. Yeah, but it, it, it limits a little bit the time that you have in the evening to actually get to places that are a little bit farther out there. So like I'm, I'm working full time and, you know, get, get off work six, seven sometimes. And if you need an hour to get to a place, it's just simply not possible at the moment. Yeah. But I mean, you know, those are first world level complaints right here. Um, in general, the situation is still far more under control than in other places, I would say. But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so no late night ramen at the moment available. Uh, not that anybody <laughs> would care. I can't go anywhere for drinking anyway. So, so that's that. <clears throat> but uh, in general, we're doing fine here. So then, um, now that that's out of the way, uh, let's go to 2020. Yeah, 2020. Our bowls. What we did where we went and our top bowls of 2020, which, which should we start with? 
Uh, whichever one you want to. <laughs> Alright, then I see a couple of guys have uh, now joined. So I, I would, yeah, I would say well, let's uh, get the top category out of the way first. Yeah. Uh, top three balls of 2020. I think three. With doesn't have to like be a strict order. Just uh, like three excellent balls that you had in 2020. All right. Um, you would like to go first? Sure. Um, yeah, I kind of thought about this um, on our way to the first ramen shop, but. Uh, I guess for me, one of my favorites in 2020 was uh, this place called um, Suzuki or Suzuki. Um, it's a shop located in Mitaka. Um, for lunch, they serve a, this really weird kind of like chicken shio ramen. It's really unique. It's not like the typical kind of like light-based chicken ramen, but um, their lunchtime menu is really good. But I think like I want to say like a year and a half ago they started a evening only menu where they serve this spicy it's a mix between a jiro uh ararin ramen and takeoka sour ramen um and it's like this really nice kind of like um I don't even know how to explain it it's just a really great spicy ramen and uh I actually went there with ramen beast and uh yeah Abram and I both kind of like had a consensus and we just realized that's probably the best spicy ramen in Tokyo <laughs> like it, it was seriously like on another level in terms of like how great it was I'll pull up a picture of my Instagram it, it, they call it like stamina ramen or something like yeah. that yeah Sorry. so it was called stamina manten ramen ramen Suzuki and it's in Mitaka and that's uh, what it looks like all right now that looks like a heavy spicy bowl. Yeah, and like <laughs> they draw um, inspiration from both. So like the noodles are Jiro style, so they're really fat. Um, kind of, yeah, it's essentially like the, the noodles that you'll get at a Jiro. And then um, they combine some spiciness with... All right. They combine some spiciness with uh, like a takeoka style ramen, which is like really popular in the Chiba prefecture. And then uh, there's a third shop called Ararin Ramen, which is a shop I've never been, but it's also in Chiba. And yeah, the, if you really look at the three bowls, you can kind of see exactly where he takes the inspirations from for each bowl. But yeah, that was probably one of my favorite bowls of 2020. All right, that's a strong start. I have not been to that one. Um, I'm going to start. I'll kick off my top three with one that we've been to together. Uh -huh. I think you would probably also put it among your top three. Um, it's actually the one that I just published a video about, uh, Yotsuba, uh -huh. in near Kawagoe. Roughly near Kawagoe. Yeah, near near <laughs> Kawagoe. So, it's a bowl in the deep countryside of, well, I think you, I would still say like the general Tokyo area, uh, deep in Saitama somewhere. It's a, it's a real trek to get there. And uh, what's really good about them is it's um, it's like this ultra-refined place in the middle of nowhere. And I got the uh, chicken hamaguri bowl. And it, I like just this, this deep punch of the hamaguri clams. And the topping game was on a whole nother level. I think that was probably the best a topping ensemble that I got on any bowl in, in 2020 with the hamaguri clams with some really nice sous vide uh, like slabs of meat actually draped on top the the ajitama was was fantastic and uh, you the one of the, the specialties that is stopped is you can also order sushi oh, I think yeah. there's a sushi shop next door no that's it that's just what they or do they just to. have like sushi at the right. restaurant but you can as a side dish you can order some sushi there. I mean, is it really necessary to, to order sushi at a ramen place? Debatable, but uh, you know, it's one of the things that they do. And that, that was probably, yeah, easily one of my top balls of 2020. Top three, at least, if not even the number one, it's hard to say. But yeah, that would <clears throat> combine it with the, let's say, adventure to like get there, 
and uh, then walking back from there on a hot summer day. Yeah, yeah that was definitely an awesome experience. <clears throat> so, next one on your list. I was gonna add that, but <laughs> since you've already added it, right. I feel like maybe for like variety aspect, I'll choose um, <clears throat> a different ramen shop. Um, I guess like everyone knows that I'm a huge Jiro fan. And um, so yeah, I guess I'll add my favorite Jiro bowl that I had last year, which was probably the one in Koiwa. Um, was it Shin Koiwa or just Koiwa? I think it was just Koiwa Station. That's and awesome. yeah, they serve a onion kimchi there that as a topping that was like, I don't know, probably one of my favorite kimchi toppings of any of the Jiro locations. Wait, onion kimchi. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Um, he trained at the Yokohama Kanai location, which also serves a kimchi. But I don't know, their bowl. They weren't quite as emulsified as a lot of other shops, but they still had a good quality, kind of like good, good. It wasn't just like a regular, like a tonkotsu ramen. So that I really liked. Um, the owner there is really unique. He's a, I follow his Instagram and he's like a huge kind of like otaku essentially. And he's like super into like anime and stuff. But, uh, yeah, like this unique guy, huge guy. He's got to be at least like 190, <laughs> uh, 190 centimeters and like 110, 20 kilo kilograms. Just like this massive dude, like a typical kind of like hard ass Jiro master <laughs> who's just making like these pretty phenomenal Jiro bowls. And yeah, like um, he was like one of the only ones too to do the ticketing system where you come and then he hands you like a ticket to come what time uh to get back to the store and so i really appreciated that so yeah i think that was my favorite Jiro bowl of 2020. all right good choice good choice um then for my second choice i'm actually going outside of tokyo uh for this one and uh, my well, yeah definitely one of my top experiences was to go to Kitakata this year. I went to Kitakata and uh, those videos are coming soon <laughs> in the next couple of months or so. And uh, I went to the famous Bandai Shokudo. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. right. I misspoke. It wasn't uh, Koya. I meant to say Kameido. Kameido. And right. uh, this is the bowl. Right. Can you see it? Yeah, I think, I think it's... Uh, there, here's, the, here's the kimchi. Yeah. All right. So yeah, the Kameido location was really good. <clears throat> All right. So yeah, uh, for me, Bandai Shokudo in Kitakata, probably the most famous Kitakata ramen place. They also have like a franchise here in uh, in Tokyo. It's called, uh, I think, just Kitakata Bandai or something like that. But the original one in uh, Kitakata, uh, definitely was like all I expected. It was uh, really the Kitakata style that you you can see that all the others uh, draw inspiration from. And um, I was really blown away not only by the soup and noodles, which are which I guess they're famous for, um, but also the the chashu. That was just really mind blowing. They had like this this classic Chinese style chashu with the with the red rim. And. Um, <clears throat> I was really surprised like how much that actually blew me away and uh, as yeah you're saying in chat it seems like there's Bandai in the US as well I'm not sure uh, is are they related is that actually from the people that run Bandai Shokudo in uh, Kitakata if so I mean good for them because I went to the, uh, the Kitakata Bandai in Tokyo and it's it's good it's it's coming close it's uh it's definitely i think we lost our way <laughs> it's definitely close to to what you get in, in kitakata but yeah you 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 notice like there's like nuances where they're just not um reaching the same level as if you go to the main store and it's it's definitely worth uh visiting kitakata in general i went to uh two stores in kitakata i went that day and uh, yeah, the, the good thing is like, it's not very heavy. 
So you can easily, if you pace yourself a little bit with the toppings, you can have multiple bowls in one day easily. And uh, yeah, I think that was my, that's my second choice. So third one. Yeah, uh, this is probably pretty like, I don't know, cliche <clears throat> almost to say now. But uh, yeah, last year was the first time I got to try Kohaku. <laughs> uh, and like somebody everyone, called it, somebody in chat called it. Everyone said, I mean, <laughs> literally everyone was like, yo, this place is like one of the best. Yeah. So last year was the first time I got to go. Um, I went twice. I got both the shoyu and the shio. <laughs> I think I got the shoyu when I went with you. Yeah. And then I tasted your soup and realized how much better that one was. The shio was fantastic. So it's I like went again. So packed with flavor with this uh, shijimi, the like super small clam flavor. It's so good. But yeah, like, um, yeah, I mean, they get it from Shinjuku, which is uh, a lake in, what is it, western side of Japan. And yeah, the soup is just really refined. I really liked how much kind of like umami as well as like just like regular. It just seems like it just feels like you're having a spoonful of just every delicious kind of flavor notes you can get from the ocean. And it was like one of those things that everything kind of paired and, and came together harmoniously. And I really love the balance of everything. And yeah, so that's got to be <laughs> up there in my, my favorite ramen of 2020. I think it's just for me, uh, uh, top 10 for me of 2020, it definitely would be in. Um, top three, it's, it's, missing, it's missing a little bit because in 2020, I mean, I'm, I'm catching up here. Uh, he went to a lot of places um, that I still have to go to. So for me, one of the, the 2020 highlights was for sure going to Tomita. Oh. So that's my <laughs> number three pick. Um, can't can't really fault anyone if they've never been at Tomita and they go for the first time. I mean, it's it's just so good. <laughs> um, and uh, I even made the mistake of not getting like sufficient toppings. Um, I probably got like a little bit intimidated by the I really should whole write setup, a review but... about that because so many people <laughs> end up making that yes, mistake. Yes, yes, you absolutely should. Uh, and I was, I was, I was so sad when I saw like them setting up all the meat, and then you get they currently they make like those huge ass shumai. Yeah, and they looked so good, and the little bit of meat that I got was also fantastic. But I was just so sad when I saw like the tray of meat with the shumai and all kinds of cuts that other people got. And I, got, I, I all I got was like two measly like pieces of chashu like this. And it was just so depressing. But still, even though I did, made this mistake, it was still so good. So up there. And then the whole experience, probably everyone who's watching this has, has seen ramen heads, right? and has watched the whole thing and has seen Tomita in like other videos and whatnot. And uh, yeah, then actually like seeing him like a couple of meters in front of you, preparing everything. It's just, it's just cool. Yeah. And there's, there's just something about it. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit like meeting a superstar, but he makes ramen for you. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely experience wise and bowl wise. Easily top three, probably number one if I had gotten all the chashu. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you come to Japan and you don't go to Tomita, I don't know. I don't even know what you're doing with your ramen life. If, if, you're, if you're like a true kind of like ramen fanatic, um, that is definitely one of the places that is worth the hype. I don't think I've ever met a fellow like ramen enthusiast who went to Tomita and thought like, oh yeah, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> like, like, yes, it's a trek to get there. It's kind of a pain to like have to go in the morning and get your ticket for the afternoon and like just, I guess, kill time until when your reservation is. They do have a, if you use the app, the Omakase app, you can make reservations now, um, which can cut like some of your, your wait time a little bit, but I don't know, I think, yeah, it's a great experience to go out there and have Tomita. Um, the skimming is by far probably like, 
yeah number one in japan so yeah easily um, easily yeah like i think the experience and the weight and everything really um is is worth it once you finally have the bowl for sure uh completely agree um and one of the things i like is that you actually don't have to wait for a long time uh -huh. but you just have to like kind of you, you can't really travel to far away other places because you have to like be there in the morning when they sell the tickets at like eight yeah and uh, they, i mean i waited for like what five minutes or ten minutes or something like that and then they tell you the time you come back and then it's maybe a 10 15 minute wait so you're not wasting a lot of time so you can still like you know i don't know if you want to check out some department stores or like big camera or like you know go to pachinko and do whatever you do in japan then you know it's not a lot of wasted time it's just that you're like a little bit locally restricted uh, in your in your activities but yeah i think that's uh, not big news that tomita is a great ramen shop uh, no surprises here but for me personally yeah the 2020 thing um i think it sums it really well up that for me uh, like these kind of famous shops are up there because i'm still working through all these lists of great shops of top shops and then i hear like for example cody is like almost done with the tabelok yakumeten the top 100 shops in tokyo <laughs> and i'm at like what is it 28 or something like that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah considering that like i've really upped my game only for in the last two years or so i think that's pretty okay it's pretty good so those were the top shops for 2020 any honorable mentions anything that you go like ah that was a close number four honorable mentions um let's see what are some good ones there were like some a lot of like unique ones that i really liked um that to me it was like it kind of stirred up some um i guess like different thoughts of like how ramen can be presented in japan um one of them was oh, what is the name of that place um okay which is a shop that doesn't use uh kansi alkaline in their noodles and i had a i had this conversation with a lot of like ramen otakus and like ramen enthusiasts in japan and it was like interesting because no one in japan cared <laughs> it was like okay i mean it's obviously ramen the shop owner himself doesn't call it ramen but like all the ramen otakus ramen enthusiasts it's like it's obviously ramen i eat it and i think okay these noodles taste like soma <laughs> and it's kind of weird but then like i had this conversation within like the discord and like people were like getting kind of pissed that uh, like people were calling it ramen when it was uh, using noodles that didn't have alcohol right? yeah and I, don't know, I thought that was like just an interesting perspective on how ramen is moving in japan and like different people's opinions on what is classified as ramen like to me after having that it just got to the point where it's like, like you know what i don't think it really cares it really <laughs> like alkaline or not like i mean if you have that bowl it's just like yeah this is ramen this is it good looks like ramen. <laughs> it, the, the soup tastes like ramen yes the noodles kind of taste a little off but it was uh i don't know it was like whatever to me i thought it wasn't like i'm not gonna put it in like my top 50 ramen shops you have to visit in japan or anything but it's one of those shops that kind of like changed my views and opinions on on ramen in general i think it, it, it teaches us to be a little bit less dogmatic about what ramen has to be or what ramen should be i guess um yeah for me honorable mentions um just outside of the top three would be <laughs> konjiki <laughs> i went to konjiki which is also absolutely incredible um I mean, no surprise here with the Michelin star. Um, and um, recently, Mugi to Olive, I have to revisit. I didn't get the pure clam bowl, which apparently is absolutely fantastic. So I'm uh, 
maybe heading out with the noodle slurp, Michael, uh, sometime soon. And yeah, I think anything else that comes to mind. Uh, Otherwise, we'll we'll jump to a next category. I was just thinking about, and you just already said like your your top Giro bowl this yeah. this year. You already mentioned that one. Okay, so then let's go for number two <laughs> on your second, list. <laughs> second favorite Giro bowl that I had. Um, I guess in terms of like experience and just like doing it essentially and going out and having it, the one in Ibaraki was like a little bit memorable just because that was like the first one I went to where I literally had to like wake up at like 7 a.m. and like <laughs> leave and catch the train for like two hours and it's like a 15-20 minute walk from the station. Um, yeah, the, so the Ibaraki Moriete is like, and you know, they're really good as well. Um, if, if they didn't have a skimming menu option, I said that I would not go back there, but since <laughs> they do, I really want to try it. So I will be back there sometime this year, probably. But um, overall as an experience and just being able to have it finally and it being so far away, I think that was one of my more memorable Giro's last year. All right, and um, I think from my side, I think the one we went together in Omiya, I really liked that one because it gave me a little bit of a different perspective on Jiro. Uh, yeah. um, with uh, the grated ginger on top. And that was so, like a super light one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it also like you know, pushes the boundaries a little bit of what Jiro can be. And uh, with the, for me personally, after having tried that, I was really wondering like, why is this not a thing everywhere? to uh, give the grated fresh ginger as an option uh, like you give with the garlic or whatever um, because it just transforms the whole experience so much and it makes the whole bowl <laughs> almost light yeah. in a way because it just cuts through all the fat and the richness so much uh, without like overpowering it because I mean there's like two really really strong flavors um, or like not only two but like there's there's a lot going on and you add that and it can't overpower it but it cuts it so much down that it almost turns it into a light soup so i was really fascinated by like how different it can be yeah. just by this uh, through this addition so i really like that one um but i think it's not the only one that has uh, great ginger yeah there's a, as a free more. topping right um, but it was the first one for me so for me that was Probably the best uh, Jiro experience in 2020. The one in uh, Yokohama Kanai has uh, Beni Shoga, so pickle okay. chicken. Yeah, yeah. That's really I think nice. that, that could do something similar, right? Mm -hmm. oh, we're... Hi, <laughs> Alright, we're being a little bit in the way for people here. <clears throat> yeah, but that was uh, Jiro, the top Jiro for 2020. Then let's do uh, overrated ones. <laughs> <laughs> Things that are a bowl or a place where you thought like, eh, no, I expected it to be better. Or uh, you heard good things about it and you, you were just lukewarm once, once you actually got it. I mean, straight up, I'm sure everyone who like personally talks to me knows that I did not like Kamotonegi. <laughs> like that shit was not duck confit like i've had proper duck confit at like you know actual restaurants and like i don't know it i guess like maybe they did try to confit it but it's not the same flavor profile for me the negi was like way over height i don't understand what like everyone was like raving about how great the negi and i was like it was okay um so yeah that's definitely the one that i thought was overhyped the most um but like you know to vary it up so that people aren't like super hearing the same hearing me complain about the same thing over and over again um i guess like another one that was like now that i let it like sink in and i've been so i've been writing these skimmin guides and i realized that like Higashi Kibukuro Taishoku and Skimmin is pretty overrated. <laughs> even within the Maricho Marushin Taishoken group, like I don't even think that cracks my top five. Like the Marucho one was way better. The I think the Nakano Taishoken was a lot better. 
and yeah it, it just like I don't know like I get it it's historical and it has its place as the originator of Tsukimen but honestly like like when I had some guy comment like oh you know I tried it and I didn't even think it was that good maybe I have to like go again to like <laughs> like maybe like try it and see it from a different eye and I was like no, I mean, if you didn't like it the first time, I can't it's, it's not gonna be different. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's what exactly it what it is. And yeah. I don't know. It's not like there was anything bad with it. It's not like I didn't enjoy my bowl, but like I did feel that it was a little bit overhyped. It wasn't <laughs> something that I went and had like a mind blown experience just because it was the first skim. In. It was kind of like, and I mean, I felt the same way with ganja, right? Yeah, ganja's the first. Skim and restaurant oh, to use like um, gyofu, like powdered uh, dried fish. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is whatever. <laughs> like, I get it, it's the first shop, and I get that it's like one of the best skimming in, in Saitama, but I don't know. It, it seemed overhyped to me. So, those three, I guess, were like the ones that I thought they weren't bad, but they didn't meet my own expectations that I had for those shops. The first one doesn't necessarily have to be the best one in that sense, um, especially when you think about that. At some point, they get also stuck in in this in their recipes, their processes that they have because they know like their regulars, they like that stuff. They don't want to like change it up too much and uh, have people complain. Oh, why are you changing this? You know, this great recipe. Please keep doing it the way you do. But it also means you're missing out on innovations and in ways of like recreating and maybe creating something better. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of people who like exactly that. Yeah. And uh, in the end, it's a business and you give the people what they want, right? Yeah. Again, right. It's, not, it's not bad. It's not like I hate that shop. No. I, I think they're all like good shops. I think they're all top quality. Um, it's just that they get a little bit more hype than I think that they're deserving of. And I think their, their reputation and like their prestige kind of like um, plays a pretty big factor in how popular they are. You know, of course, they also have like some historical value. For yeah. example, uh, we went to, um, what's it called? Zunbar, the original oh, yeah, Afuri, right? Too. That so, wasn't bad. It didn't meet my expectations of what I thought I would get when I got there. Yeah, so uh, I think that would be one of my letdowns of 2020 uh, because it's it's a fucking trek to this place. It takes like, I don't know, one. it took us like one and a half hours to get there and Probably. like two and a half hours back because there was like traffic while coming back to Tokyo because I think we went on a Sunday. And there was like, you know, people coming back from the mountains and so on. And for, for that, it's just not good enough. It's just like a slightly better Afuri. If and yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. Honestly, it's, it's just like Afuri. <laughs> I, I think personally, I liked it a little bit better. I would think, I thought it was uh, just this, this little bit extra better, but yeah, definitely not worth it to, to go all the way out there. And, uh, but that would not have been my original pick, but I just came up with that uh, because we were talking about it. My original pick for uh, letdown of 2020 would be Honda in Mendokuro Honda in Akihabara. Um, I think it's praised a lot and you pay a premium price when you get there. Here's the thing about Honda though, is they changed their menu when they went to Akihabara. Mm -hmm. So like, because the height that you heard is from their original location. Right. I mean, that's not even their original location. It's like their second location. But like, because of the height that you heard from their second location, I could understand how you would go there now and then have it and think like, oh, like I don't really understand what it was all, like everyone yeah, was Yeah, what it's all about. about, right. With that said, like that style is still good. It's just, it's rather expensive for what you're getting. Yes, exactly. So it's, I think it's a mixture of um, expectations and price. And maybe me having had like too many of the exact same style recently. And don't get me wrong, it's good. It's, 
it's also super easily accessible right next to Akihabara station, right? So it's an, it's an easy, quick uh, visit, right? But for that, uh, for the regular bowl, you already pay like, what, 1,200, 1,300 yen, which is like, <laughs> that's the price you pay for Tokusei bowls, like with all the toppings at our places. And if you want to go for like the whole topping bowl with, with, with everything on there, you're like in the in the 2000 uh, yen range, which I think is uh, is a little bit harsh uh, for what it is. But I mean, they have the line out. Again, good business. Um, they're making money and can't fault them. But for me, that was a little bit of a letdown uh, for the expectations that were set and uh, also for the price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think I don't think. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault anyone for thinking the same thing when having Honda, especially now at their new location. It's just, it's just way different from what their bread and butter was in their, uh, their location prior. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a disappointment, I guess. Yeah, um, not saying it's bad, no. just to make it clear. It's still a very good bowl um, and definitely worth a visit especially if you're in Akihabara anyway, for whatever nerd reasons. Um, yeah, so that's my letdown of, of 2020. And now let's go to, let's say, not necessarily best, but let's say interesting or weird or like just memorable experiences of 2020. Yeah. You got some, you got some stories. Um, yeah, so on that same day, I went to the Ibaraki Morieten location of, of Jiro. I actually went and walked down towards Saitama. And I went to this place called Menyakuyaji no Doraku. And honestly, I'd never even heard about it until I was there. I, after I finished my bowl at Jiro, I was like, okay, I'm already in Ibaraki. I might as well try something in the area because I just spent so long coming here. And so I opened up Ramen DB and this ramen shop comes up. And again, I've never heard of it before. And I look at the menu and I realized that a lot of the people who were reviewing were talking about how great their specialty menu items were. And I had just missed the November specialty which was like a, a really pork heavy like ramen and then i wasn't quite sure what the december mini was so um but you know given that i was in the area and it's so far from where i live i figured i'll have a try and i went there and they had these oyster kaki ramen oh it's that like sounds good kaki shabu ramen. <laughs> so it's like shabu shabu with the kaki oysters and so it means like you you just like you get yeah, it like, raw on the side or yeah okay and then it was like really good so this is my bowl and oh, what good. made it quite special was uh um i got there like literally as they were closing and i was the only one in the shop and it was a friday yeah because i friday's off right now it was a friday and the guy was telling me that the specialty menu wasn't going to come out till Saturday, the next day. And I was like, oh, damn. And then so I kind of sat there, like, looking at the menu, like, because I just heard that their specialty is, like, the one to get. So I had no idea what I wanted to get. And then the guy was just like, you know what? I have the soup ready. I've been making it all day. It's actually ready. Um, like, if you want and you really want to try it, like, I can make it for you now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, please. That sounds then, great. So he uh, made it for me. And then because I was the only one there, he was essentially talking to me the whole time. And he was telling me that his soup was a triple soup. He makes three different types of soup that he combines before serving. And then, so, yeah, like, just being able to, like, go to like this like random place in the middle of nowhere have their specialty ramen that i wasn't even supposed to get that day and then the guy just being nice enough to explain like essentially every aspect of the bowl yeah that was one of the more memorable uh, ramen shops that i went to in 2020. 
And also the fact that like, I asked around to like other ramen enthusiasts, like where they been? And not a single person had even <laughs> heard of this shop, despite it being so highly ranked on RamenDB. So yeah, being able to try it and I guess like be one of the first kind of like, like foreign English speaking ramen guy to like go there and post a photo of it was kind of like, I guess special to me, memorable. Because <laughs> like every sense, fucking yeah. time I go somewhere, everyone's like, oh yeah, you should try this one. <laughs> like, or like, you know, someone else is like, oh yeah, you know, this is really good there. So like, you know, going in almost blind and like picking something that, you know, I didn't have any preconceived uh, like opinions on was really nice. It's something, I guess, with all the information available these days, that rarely happens. Um, and then if you have no information and you're just going blind and then finding something good, <laughs> I mean, that's even rarer these days, I would say. Yeah, so for my, uh, one of my really interesting experiences was um, something also that happened in Fukushima Prefecture near Kitakata. Actually going to a place that offers, oh, what's it called? Milk miso ramen. So if you offer, uh, if you get like one of their sets, you actually get like a small bottle of this like super rich, super sweet uh, milk with it. And they're also making the bowl together with this milk, right? And it, it has like this, this really like milky richness and um, this like sweetness of the milk in, in, in the background, but also the, the miso itself. I think it's also like more on the sweeter side. And it's this, uh, especially I can imagine in winter, if you get that, this really rich, salty, sweet experience. Uh, noodles were I think a little bit on the like Sapporo style-ish side uh, like a little bit curly and it was really really nice and then the it was run by like this I think it was the family is really old lady also talked with us a little bit um, because I guess it's like in this small village in this valley they don't get a lot of foreigners there so it was uh, probably very interesting for them to talk to us a little bit what we're doing there and so on it's very memorable uh, nothing that you will probably find in any guides or whatever. But I think I think I filmed it and it also I might publish this video sometime in 2021. Very memorable experience and uh, definitely a bowl that's not as easy to get anywhere else. And uh, yeah, that was definitely one of my more memorable experiences. Milk miso down it. Another one, I think that the story I told already somewhere else. I think on a was it on a podcast or I'm not sure somewhere um, was my visit to the famous Hayashi in Shibuya. <laughs> um, that one is is famous because of the owner. He's like this. Uh, I would say like he doesn't have a lot of patience for for his customers to like look on their uh, on their phones or talk on their phones or like do anything other than eating ramen. So he's like quite famous for kicking people out. And if you look at the reviews of uh, Hayashi in uh, Shibuya, you actually see that the reviews are full with like one star reviews of people saying like, oh, super rude. Like he took our bowl away and this and that. And until then, I only, I had never been there. And that was like, I think beginning of this year that I finally uh, made it there. And because they're only open for lunch, it's not so easy when you have a full-time job. But once you work from home and you live in not, not far from Shibuya, it's, it's, it's not so hard. So I, I went there and I got my bowl. And uh, I actually, I took two pictures with no problem. But while I was like, I think three or four slurps in, suddenly a guy comes in in a suit and starts yelling at the owner and uh, goes on like well do you remember me do you remember me i was here two weeks ago and you took my ball away just because i was looking at my phone like how dare you how dare you where are my 1400 yen or whatever the ball costs where where's my money where's my money why did you take my ball away why didn't you give me a warning 
<laughs> like for five minutes the whole atmosphere in the, in the shop is super tense everyone is just really like with their head in their bowl and like silently eating i saw like a guy next to me i think he was already done with his bowl but he, like he couldn't leave because the guy in the suit was just blocking the door for like five minutes he was like yelling at the guy and uh saying like he wants his money back and uh, the owner actually said like no 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 i i told you you know i uh, how is it yeah i i remember you i remember you you did this and that and that's why i took your bowl away i gave you a warning and uh, you didn't stop and that's why you got kicked out but i mean <laughs> It's one thing to read like those reviews and like get the, you know the the this read about this reputation, but then actually seeing this play out in action was <laughs> kind of an experience. I was like, oh yeah, all right. <laughs> Seems like it's it's true. It's not just it's not just a, re a reputation. Uh, it's actual reality. I mean, like obviously I didn't get it like that bad, but when I went. I heard about how long the lines were, so I went 30 minutes early, and um, I was like snapping photos for my blog because um, I don't like taking photos of too many people if I can like avoid it. And then, so I was there like 30 minutes early taking photos, and then, you know, it's probably like I think it, they open at like 11:30 or 11, so I was like 25 minutes early because I got there 30 minutes early and I was taking photos, and then I decided to just wait in line and then the lady came out of the store and told me they're open for another 25 minutes so so don't wait here <laughs> it's like oh i'm sorry so i went to the company and like just like killed time there for like 10 minutes and i went back and i went back and it's like 15 minutes before opening there's like a line of like 10 people in front of me and i was like yo fuck man okay like my bad that i was there so early but there are people that wait in line out here like how early are we supposed to or like what is what is an okay what is the, time yeah, to like, be what here? is the acceptable like <laughs> amount of time before you guys open am i allowed to like wait in line i can tell you it's not 25 minutes no <laughs> i mean i was like what it was kind of like whatever because i still got in within like the first round of people i think right it's it's not a small shop yeah but yes, i was reasonable. just like you know, <laughs> like, coming back fuck? and seeing a line, I was just like, dude, WTF, dude. But whatever. <laughs> I'm over that shot. I probably won't go back, so. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, the, the thing is, like, the bowl is really good. It's, uh, this, I think they call it dobutsuke, which means, like, just animal bowl because there's I mean, just, like, everything. Soup. Right? Yeah. So it, it's like a, yeah, like an animal, like, stock dobutsuke plus, like, a fish stock that they blend before serving. Um, and like that place, uh, there's a place called Gotsu. Um, yeah, those are like, I think uh, Kiso. I think a Kiso is another mm. one. Um, that style was really popular like five, six years ago. And those are like kind of like the only three shops that really like kept up its popularity and everything. But yeah, it's like one of those shops that um, it's quite unique nowadays. You really don't see a lot of those kind of double soup, creamy, like ramen shops. It's not so common into anymore. The top 100 no. Because, like, that era of that style has passed. But those <laughs> three shops perennially still make in the top 100. So, if you're interested, I would recommend going to those three places. Yeah, I think the good thing also about Hayashi is like how, just how easily accessible it is from Shibuya. It's just like, a, I don't know seven eight minute walk from shibuya station maybe even less if you're walking a little bit faster and uh definitely worth a visit but just consider that at this place uh no filming if you want to snap a picture just do a quick one and then just you know eat your bowl and don't stop until you're done i think that's uh, always a good rule unless you know you you ask them if it's okay to film and whatnot um, yeah, you gotta. All right, then I think we are at the end of our stream for today. Okay. Um, do you have anything else you want to mention? Any any special bowl? Any honorable mentions? Anything um, that worth that's worth mentioning beyond really. that? Hoping hoping to hit like 250 this year. 
I only got to like 150 last year because of COVID. So look out for that. Uh, and then like uh, I should be done editing my second part of the skimming guide probably by tomorrow. So hopefully I'll be uploading that tomorrow. And then yeah, besides that, that's uh, pretty much it. Yeah, definitely check out ramenguidejapan.com for in-depth ramen reviews. I think there's currently no other website that parallels those reviews. And then he has some guides up. Check those out. Jiro and Tsukemen, right, at the moment? Jiro, Tsukemen, EAK is up right now, I think. And um, yeah, for more, let's say, videos to look at about some ramen bowls, stick to my channel. <laughs> but he also has a channel. Check out Ramen Guide Japan, uh, the YouTube channel. And I think that's all for our recap of 2020. And um, I think I also got into, what, 140, 150 bowls in shops. And then if you count like all my homemade ones, uh, like somewhere in the 160s, 170s, I guess. And um, yeah, it was definitely a ramen heavy year uh, with all the, the Corona stuff going on with no tourists here. It was a good year to be a ramen hunter or a ramen adventurer or whatever you want to call it a ramen guide um yeah i think that's all for 2020 looking forward to ramen heavy 2021 um let's see what happens and uh, if you have some suggestions for videos or to visits um then you know drop them down in the comments and then maybe me and cody can check those places out and maybe make a video about them right and that's all for today um if you like these streams also let us know in the comments check out our instagrams nama japan tv and ramen guide japan and uh yeah that's it any last words nope that's all. <laughs> all right guys then see you in 2021